Hey everyone. Thanks for listening to this special edition podcast from Podfabula Productions. Today's show airs the first of a four-part series, Med Mel and the Meridians. While it's not quite Orson Welles and War of the Worlds, that 1938 radio broadcast really did shake things up. This four-part series was originally produced for radio, and it is about alien invasion. I really enjoy radio drama, and I've been given special permission to air the series on my show by the creator, Gary Morgenstein, and the producer, Mike Sargent. I'll tell you more about these two highly accomplished and talented individuals at the end of the show. Now, without further delay, grab a seat and buckle up. Earth Meridian War really began on a steamy Meridian day. Battlecruisers returning from the conquest of the Maxis star system nearly blotted out the planet's two suns. Yet despite the enslavement of another civilization, Imperial Chancellor Larynx was in a foul mood. Even his new turquoise gown with the matching Oristian pearl necklace failed to lift his spirits, things weren't going right and someone would pay. Sire, the streets are alive with preparations for your appointment. Citizens weep with joy. Zanian dogs cry with love. Pink-flowered vegetables swoon in their salad bowls. Shut up, you fool. Is my glorious star of the night sky troubled? Yes. My plan to become the Nord is threatened. How? When even the veneer birds sing your name. Because of the news from afar. Didn't we cease monitoring that dangerous rock when the Bush of George was re-elected? We did cease, Flem. Officially. Meaning what I'm about to hear is... unofficial? Hence, repeating this would mean We have learned that a carbon-based life form has chronicled Meridian ways in human reading tablets. How could such a slithering sand slime know of us? Treason! Ah, that is bad. Begging forgiveness, but why would that concern he who makes Maloxi Mountains chuckle? Because I, Imperial Chancellor Lance, sworn to be the High Priest, the Lord of the Bewailment. I am accused by the Council 
of providing such information. Uh, pardoning your infinite gloriousness, but that was a big mistake. I didn't do it! You plebeian worm-dropping! I am powerful. The more powerful, the more feared. The more feared, the more enemies. The more enemies. The more lies. I will use your foe's eyeballs for a licking goat treats. That is the spirit you will need to avoid assassination. Assassination, sire? <laughs> Why would such powerful people care about a worthless exfoliation like me? <laughs> because you are now in possession of secret council information obtained in violation of law. <laughs> Earlobes drip nectar. Uh, perhaps you could use a Malachian mind scoop to remove all my memories? Shut up, nasal discharge. You are leaving for terror tonight. Excrement. Uh, nothing would give me greater pleasure than a spontaneous 16.7 light years journey, but I am one of the judges in the Delvecchian Radish Festival next week, and I have a gown fitting in the morning. I can't possibly wear this red one again. Be still. Vapid parasite. Using one of Terra's primitive devices, I have prepared a briefing, which I will now insert into your rectal cavity for absorption during the trip. Oh, Jai. Silence. Your mission is to prevent that Provisian worm from writing more chronicles. Wouldn't prevent if I can understand a smidgen of your brilliance, uh, violate our deeply cherished pledge of non-interference in the life cycles of inferior species. <laughs> then again, I do have some vacation time coming up. Single or continuous version, darling? Multi, yo mio! Mm, top draw. Madre de Dios, I come and kick on a back for mercy! I can come and sing all night! We have no enemies worthy of you, Anita. Next time, I'm shooting that bastard! Remind me to buy more bullets in the morning. 
since cooking for the Meridian Chancellors is due next week, work should be the priority tonight. I know you're not saying I don't contribute. If we're going to fight, can we just say we did and let it be done? Dr. Gold said you must acknowledge my anger or it'll seep into the system like poison. I'm sure he used a more profound metaphor for $300 an hour. He likes looking at my boobies. <laughs> Who doesn't? My misfortune to have prestices, men must ogle. Where was the last time you touched them? Are you suggesting in that subtle way of yours that you'd like to fornicate? Oh. Mm. Yes, yes. Oh. I want to groan and moan like on my tape. We'll discuss it <laughs> after you come up with two Moravian appetizers suitable for a royal wedding. Slave driver. Come up with a suitable dessert, and we'll play mule and driver. Oh, mm -hmm. I'll get my harness. <laughs> what? What? Ah! Move! Hands away from that pearl necklace! I found another one, Mel. I'm not signing autographs at 1.30 in the morning. This one might be a real burglar. Check out the size of that handbag. I'm shooting his foot. That might cause problems connecting to your gravity. Not before you bleed to death. Uh, please, I, I only want to meet the glorious Melvin Worthington. Oh, <laughs> forgive my beautiful girlfriend. And you are? Flem. Uh, Flem? Yes. And your surname is? Flem. Well, Flem, Flem, I am... The great Melvin Worthington. You may rise. Brilliant best-selling author and scholar, conversant in 34 Terran languages, five-time chairman of the human-conceived Meridian Foundation. Quite the fan, isn't he? Uh, pardon me, but I must say that your Google facial depiction does not capture your stunning genius, knowledge, and wisdom. I like this guy. I don't. If you let me shoot him, I promise not to shot for a week. Darling, this very insightful young man is our guest. I'm so tired of these psychophants. Well, they're oh. here to see me, darling. So, Flem Flem, have you read much of my work? Uh, during my journey here, I've read everything. All 350 books. Twice. Your words can change the course of galactic history. That's it. I'm going to bed. Splendid idea. Alone. Let's hope so. To toss and turn with feverish, unfulfilled desire. Uh, may I suggest you read the brilliant Melvin Worthington's work on Meridian celibacy techniques? One shot, please. Darling the neighbors. <clears throat> Scotch. Uh, thank you, no. Your aura is sufficiently intoxicating. Understandable. I must say, Flim Flim, you look quite familiar. Those unusual golden earrings. Haven't we met? Uh, no. Yes. Uh, never. Yes, New York Comic Con six years ago. The panel where I discussed interbreeding of the species. 
Humans and Meridians? Inconceivable. Hardly. I am a descendant of Meridians. My Meridian blood is 42.3%. With anamic master training, my brain is 60.7. While my channels are rising, 71.3. Still so far to go before immortality. It's all in my book, Shapeshifting and Other Meridian Marvels. May I ask, oh, resplendent one, where did you derive such information about Meradia? From the Meradians themselves. Traitorous Kofalian curs. <laughs> Who isn't? Well, now that you've basked in my wisdom, what's your next stop? Stop? Oh, uh, yes, n nowhere. Uh, if I leave before fulfilling my mission, I, I die. My very existence depends on meeting you. Billions of existences, noble Melvin. Indeed. Sometimes sitting here immersed in my scholarship, I forget my destiny. Please, allow me to study your astonishing work. Absorb your genius. Drink water flavored with your toenails. Do not send me away, O magnificent Melvin Worthington. Anita is not a most sociable person. I will avoid her large memories. Greatest of great Melvin, I beg you. Do get up, and please, no drooling on the carpets. That's a Persian rug. <laughs> please, I cannot go home. All right, all right, a day or two. Thank you, thank you. Oh, greatest of the great Melvin. Great Melvin is sufficient, and that tickles. We can continue in the morning. I only require a small area for temporary neurological suspension. Oh, the Meridian phrase for sleep. Sleep. The Terran phrase for temporary neurological suspension. Excellent. I will get you a pillow. Uh, I mean a skull conductor. Uh, not too hard. Otherwise, we risk forehead indentation. <laughs> <laughs> big on me anyway. Ow! Ow! I know what you're up to. How is that possible? Because I was once one of them. He prefers large breastuses. Alas, mine are small. And Mel isn't gay. Gay? Ah, uh, yes. As in the Hauser of Doogie. Uh, no, I prefer my annual female interdictions. Like me. <laughs> you don't find me attractive? <laughs> Your memories remind me of a Giuseppian blowhorse. Ow! I, I didn't mean to offend you. Many male Meridians adore their comfort during the winter months. Then what are you after? His money? That's a joke. <laughs> My purpose here does not concern you. Because I'm not sufficiently important? Correct. 
So it's only the great man you're interested in. Not the person who does the actual research, most of the writing, and comes up with nearly all the ideas. Yes. I don't have to put up with this shit in my own home! According to records, this dwelling is owned by Great Melvin. Since your union is not legally recognized by your Terran laws, your comment is inaccurate. You insulting perro. I will have your testicles for appetizers. Testicles? These peanuts! Estupido! you at least wait until I left for my haircut? Oh, she has broken my pleasure bubble. Oh. I want this idiota gone. He has nowhere to go, do you, Flim Flim? <laughs> How about back where he came from? You want him around so you don't have to talk to me. How, how could you say such a thing? Complain, 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 Anita. Doesn't do enough. Perhaps, with some reason, the fashions of Meredia remains incomplete. See? The three great sons of Meredia blaze upon a world where a woman's orange eyes lower in shame because Anita Espinosa cannot decide upon underwear. I suggest a planisium cotton. Which would irritate the average Meredian vagina, common knowledge. No matter what crazy shit I make up, it's always wrong. <laughs> and I want him gone or dead. <laughs> Darling, I fear the poor boy is suicidal. Oh, like that Japanese girl, you screw it. I saved her life. And I can save this unfortunate creature. P perhaps he could be our maid and butler. Oh, Bobby. Your compassion always gets me hot. Mm, yeah. You taught me everything about kindness. I often wonder who was the teacher and who the pupil. Flem, we'll be working in the other room for a while. Oh, see. Bother us and I will return for your peanuts. Will never varnish again. Reporting from Terra, sire. A mere asteroid without your glow. Spare me and proceed. Melvin Worthington has embraced me. However, his female human is more wary. I suspected her well-rounded milking memories are obstacles. And what have you learned of the Chronicles? Utter absurdity. He says we orbit three suns and possess orange eyes. They bear no relation to reality. I am confounded why the traitor would provide such untruths. Because you are lit to be a nice worm. Well said, my glorious one. I look forward to absorbing your praise in person very soon. What are you talking about? Since the information was false, this cannot, by the law of Egok, the cross-limbed, constitute interference in the life cycle of inferior species. Is that so? Hence, no treason. Hence, 
the council investigation will be terminated. Hence, I will return in time to share the wonders of Delvecchi and Radisher. The only termination will be yours if you fail to execute my plan. Continue as I have ordered, you insignificant plebeian one. <laughs> Sorry, was that my outside voice? <laughs> in the next episode of Mad Mel in the Meridians, will Flem choose Anita's massive memories or loyalty to Meridia? Can the great Mel Worthington save the human race, or will the Earth be enslaved beneath the evil Donald's high ambitions and heels? Don't miss it. Coming soon to a galactic radio station near you. Thanks, everyone, for listening in. Episode 2 of Mad Mel and the Meridians will air next week. I want to give a big shout-out of thanks to my colleagues Gary Morgenstein and Mike Sargent. Gary is an accomplished author and playwright. His critically acclaimed dystopian science fiction baseball novel, A Mound Over Hell, set in 2098, follows America's defeat by Islam in World War III as baseball begins its final season ever. It has been called 1984 Meets Shoeless Joe. I'll be profiling an excerpt from this novel in a future show. A Fastball for Freedom, book two in the series, will be published by BHC Press in 2021. Gary's previous novels were Jesse's Girl, Loving Rabbi Thalia Kleinman, Take Me Out to the Ball Game, and The Man Who Wanted to Play Center Field for the New York Yankees. Among his other accomplishments, he wrote the critically acclaimed off-Broadway sci-fi rock musical The Anthem, as well as the sci-fi musical Mad Mel Saves the World. His stage dramas include A Tomato Can't Grow in the Bronx, Right on Target, Ponzi Man, and Saving Stan. Mike Sargent is the producer, host, and chief film and entertainment critic for Real World Night Shift, which airs on WBAI-FM 99.5 New York City. He is a member of the Broadcast Film Critics Association and co-president, co-founder of the Black Film Critics Circle. Mike is also a film critic, host, and entertainment correspondent for Arise on Screen, PBS, and Fox Business News. All podcasts are available on my website, www.writingtoraiseconsciousness.com, and multiple download platforms such as Apple Play, Google Play, Spotify, YouTube, and so on. Just search for my name, Victor Aquista, or Podfobler Productions. Follow us on Facebook, where all the episodes are posted for discussion. And check out my Amazon author page for a variety of fiction, nonfiction books, and short stories. Till next time. <laughs>